This podcast is brought to you by Connect First Credit Union. Today, actually, we have an incredibly special show, and our guest is a very special human being. There's not very often I've had an opportunity to get to know someone who's had an impact on as many people as our guest today, whether he's coached them or mentored them or whether he's helped inspire them to do bigger things. You know, he considers himself a man about town. But let me tell you, he's way more than that. This is an individual who's impacted the lives of, if not hundreds, thousands of people in this province and beyond. So having Jim Button, I think one of the kindest and most generous gentlemen I've ever met on our show is a big honor for me. And and Jim, welcome. Now what do I do? <laughs> well, stuck. he's also, did I say, one of the most humble people we've ever, uh, <laughs> we've ever had on the show. That. I want to start by maybe just asking, like in the beginning, you have a passion for the community and you've always had that. Like, where did that come from in the first place? Like so many people start with themselves, then start thinking about the community. You seem like you've done that the other way around. I think my whole life I've been that guy. I was the one that organized the ski trips. I'm the one that they called and figure out what we're doing Saturday night. I just happened to be that guy. And uh, I saw the value in bringing joy. I saw how... You need people to be the gravitational pull to make things happen. And so it's always been who I was. So I never felt like it was a task, a chore, a job or anything. It just happened to be what I did, who I was. And you've built it into so many of the businesses you've started or been a part of and, and the initiatives you've taken on. So let's talk a little bit about entrepreneurship. You started quite a few companies. You know, recently, Village Brewery, which is one of my favorites, by the way. Thank and you and I've become gluten-free in recent years, which broken my heart. That's but you even made cider. me a cider. I know, yeah. I was going to say, it's my four favorite different cider. ciders for you. I love it. So tell us a little bit about how you've brought entrepreneurship together with that community spirit. Well, I was in beer for a long time. I actually started my career in Toronto in the 80s with Molson as my client. And... Then eventually started an event company here in Calgary called The Event Group with uh, my partner, Dave Howard. And Big Rock was our client. Big Rock Brew was our client for 10 years. And then I became a VP at Big Rock. Then I started Village. You know, so that was probably 20 plus years of just being in beer. And I'll tell you, there's not much more fun you can have than being in a, <laughs> the beer industry. So it was a natural conclusion and a natural direction for beer to be community because beer brings people together. You can say, hey, can you come help me move? I'll buy the beer. It means more than just, I'll give you $12.80 plus deposit worth of <laughs> commerce to come and help me move. It's everything that comes with it. It's being a pal, having a chat, doing all the things when you do when you get together. So it was a natural thing to start a brewery that was built around community. I knew beer was a social lubricant. I knew beer was the thing that was gonna bring people together and our goal, because we had, at the time, 100 and, I think it was 140 years of beer experience between my partners, we knew that we wanted to do something more than just sell beer. We wanted to make a difference. And even the brand you built kind of reflected community. You know, I remember takes it takes a village. A village. Yeah. yeah, I loved it. Yeah. I love that. No. I love that. Yeah. A lot of the show, we talk about the future and, you know, reasons to be optimistic. You've had an incredible career of being involved with some pretty impressive businesses in this province and everywhere. Like, What advice do you have for younger entrepreneurs who are thinking about that today? Go for it. Don't be dissuaded in any way. You know, even when you do your research and you say, wow, there's 160 plus breweries in Alberta or 
There's almost 50 in Calgary. The competition is fierce, but there's always a way. Yeah. There's always a way to find a new way to do it. There's always a way to disrupt. So do your research, really understand capitalization, really understand proper partnerships, really understand where you'll fit, but figure out what you want to do and figure out a point of difference and go for it, especially if you're young, because you can make a mistake and start all over again. And don't be afraid of doing that. I've had lots of companies that didn't make it, <laughs> and they taught me what I needed to know to make the ones that did make it. So right on. just keep trying and you'll learn along the way. Right on. How important do you think the community element to so much of what you've done has been to the success of, well, your success and the business success? It's 100% been what's been my success. I can't imagine in the future, all things being equal, that companies that aren't social enterprises and community invested won't win or survive. Yeah. If you look at the democratization of the internet, yeah. you can now compare almost everything between companies, price, you know, get into all the commoditized aspects of a business. You can really compare things now, and then you go and look at what do they stand for? What do they do? How do they build community? Are they aligned to my values? Because I can take a look at three companies really easily and say, this one aligns with my values. They believe in community, in my community, whatever that community is, because there's so many ways to determine what community you're talking about, they're more likely to make that change. There's Cone Reports, which is a report on sponsorship that proves that 80% of people choose, all things being equal, choose the company that has the same social values that they do. Later in the show, I'm going to ask you a little bit of advice for us, but hmm. when you think back on your career, your life, like what are some of the most memorable projects, businesses, whatever that you've been involved in? You know, some of my favorite activities, I've, I've loved the Big Rock Eddies were always a favorite. And I managed that event almost from the beginning. The fact that Ed got people to pay $100 to go watch his bird commercials while sampling his beer <laughs> and all the money going to the women's shelter and One Yellow Rabbit was, was gold. I've always loved events like that. My favorite event that I created, I think, was probably Circle Festival. My work at Evans Hunt, I learned through working with Economic Development, Tourism Calgary, Downtown Association, CMLC, Build, you name it, all the civic agencies. I did all their strategies and I was able to see such great information. And it started with three partners, Village Brewery, YYC Food Trucks, and Base Bus. My research told me, and my objective was, people that live inner city and our new Calgarians think there's lots to do, thinks we're really connected, think it's a vibrant food, music, all that stuff is there. But if you have lived here a long time, or if you live in the suburbs, you think this is a boring town. There's nothing to do. <laughs> so our objective with Circle was to start at inner city, get a good following, and then do a circle and move it around town and bring that creative inner city vibe right to the various communities so they would get exposed to it and go, wow, there's things that happen in the city. This is a, a cool city. And the people that live there come out and see it, but the people that are in those communities get to learn more about whatever community we're in. I had this dream that we'd be up in the Northeast. We would be having it in a Sikh community. 
there'll be a lot of music and costumes and, and looks. But you get up there and you didn't think anything of it. That was right. my ultimate dream. Cool. Is that we do it enough that this thing would just feel the same, but different because of every different community brought its different elements. So that was probably the favorite event that I ever did. That's awesome. One of the things that always struck me about you, Jim, is you make time for people. An incredible amount of time. Like when I look at you as a human being, I wonder how could you have had the time to do things like build all these other businesses when you spend so much time selflessly coaching, mentoring others. You've given me a lot of your time in the past, which you never had to do. You weren't paid for it. You, no. you just generously you got did. lunch. Yeah, you, maybe, maybe, maybe bought you lunch. Yeah. But like, why do you do it? God, that, that's a great question. That's just who I am. Yesterday, I walked with an individual. Their partner just found out they had cancer. They needed to find some footing. They were completely knocked off. The other person I had to walk with yesterday was trying to determine whether or not they should have children. <laughs> like it's, it, it's, it's, it's so interesting to me. And I ask this of people all the time. How did I get this point that I am seen as that person? I don't understand it. I see it, but I don't understand it. I enjoy doing it. I love doing it, but I don't understand how I got there or why it happens. Well, I know there's a lot of people who are really grateful you've done that. I've had many a great conversation. And, you know, it's not a one-sided thing either, Wellington. I get back more. And when I got sick, I'll tell you, that wave of people giving back to me overwhelmed me. So when you do good, you get good. I don't want to uh, probe too much here, Jim, but let's talk about that for a second. Like somebody who's been as selfless as you, to be quite frank, and I'm not trying to embarrass you, but you're probably the most selfless person I've ever met. When you did face down a really tough diagnosis, what was your reaction and, and what did you think at that point in time? Good question, because I had to answer it yesterday for somebody. <laughs> so it's fresh. It rocks your world, but you know, I'll be really honest, and this isn't being trite. The shock, initial shock, soon turned into, you know, I got to just for people listening, I had a terminal diagnosis, stage four renal cell carcinoma, told I had a year to live. But I, I've lived a full life. I've accomplished a lot of what I wanted to accomplish. The only things that really caused me stress were the idea of not seeing milestones on my kids and not being able to do a lot of the travel that I had planned on doing with my wife. But I didn't fall apart in any way. As a matter of fact, I started sharing it with people. And that really changed how I saw it. It became what gave me energy. I use this analogy that I'm a balance of the medical and the spiritual, and I've married the two. And typically, they don't get along. Spiritual and science don't get along. And my spirit is more of a, a belief system. It's not a religious belief. So my visual is medical science is the hull of the boat. And they've got their responsibility to take care of me, and I've got to trust them, and I do. My job is to fill the sails, to keep that boat moving forward. I've got to stay around, and I've got to stay around. My whole purpose is to stay around for science to catch up to solve my <laughs> thing because there is no cure for me. So the way I feel my sail is by being purposeful. And by being purposeful usually means by helping others. And when I help others, I get joy. And that joy fills my sail, keeps moving forward till the next time I get to get joy. 
and my joy comes from helping others. I feel that how could somebody even be that person? It's hard to say it and not gag at my own story, but it's it's the way it works for me. You wrote some incredible blogs, and I followed the whole story, and I thought it was so inspiring what you put out there. And I know that inspired a lot of people, myself included, my spouse included, who yeah. had dealt with some big challenges at the time. What amazed me, you know, when I talk about you being one of the most selfless people in the world, one of the blogs that really stuck out for me is when you wrote one about the caregiver and how hard it is for them oh, when right. you're going through what you were you going through yourself. That. So just everything you've done reinforces the kind of human being you are, which is incredible. Well, the whole blog, the original purpose was I have a big network of people mm -hmm. and I knew I'd be getting a lot of questions. How are you? And I didn't know how I'd want to be responding to those. Yeah. So I created this blog. So I could say if, if I wasn't in the mood to answer, I could say, read it on the blog. But what ended up happening was a whole bunch of things. One, it was cathartic. Two, I all of a sudden was able to start having conversations with people. I've never not wanted to talk about cancer because it never bogged me down. It's not like it weighs me heavy. It gives me strength because I'm sharing what I've learned. And the one that really surprised me is I've been in marketing for 35 years and writing always scared me. Like writing a blog about how am I going to do this? I'm not a good writer. And then I found out. You are. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a pretty decent writer. You are. I'm really enjoying this. So it gave me confidence in many other areas uh, too to just try something new. Touched a lot of people, Jim, myself included. Talking a little bit about the future and like you, you've always had a great perspective on the economy because I think you've always looked at it more of like a Main Street kind of issue than a Wall Street kind of issue. Right. And, and when you look at the future for Alberta, and which is one of the big drivers of the show, we want to talk about the future and reasons for hope, but also talk about the challenges we need to overcome. Like, what are the top things that come to mind about the future of Alberta's economy? I think we're going to be all right. <laughs> you know, we have come out of a tough time. The good thing that happened about this last bust was I think people said, oh, this one's real. So we've got to start diversifying. It feels like it's sticking this yeah. time. Yeah. But what we really have our real challenge is we have a perception problem. People from outside of Alberta perceive us differently than the people inside of Alberta perceive ourselves. When I moved here in 93, I came here because it was easy to connect with people. It was easy to start up a business. People were friendly. People wanted to help. The business environment was a good, connected environment. But you tell that to somebody outside of our problems, they wouldn't believe it. And if you tell that to our youth right now, which is where we really need to pay some attention, their perception is, and I just read this in The Globe, it was written by a friend of mine, David Finch, up at Mount Royal University. And uh, in it, this study from Ken West says, they asked the young adults, what do they think of when they think of Alberta? And they think of oil and gas. And they think 40 to 70% of the jobs available is oil and gas. Huh. So if your belief system doesn't line up with an oil and gas belief system, then you're going to leave. But the reality is, it's only 7% yeah. of the jobs yeah. are oil and gas. <laughs> right. We have film is on fire right, right on. now. Yeah. Tech on fire. We've got so many industries. We've just blown up with 160 breweries. Yeah, it's incredible. Distillery is another pile of numbers. And you were a pioneer there, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah we were, 
we helped really change a lot of rules that opened up for a lot of small breweries. I know you did. Good thing, bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for for beer drinkers, it's a very good thing. (laughs) It was good for us too. The higher the tide, the higher the boats rise. But you're right on. So there's so many great things happening. So why are we struggling to get that story out? Like what's, what's in our way? Ourselves, because we keep going back to talk about the same stories. (laughs) Yeah. God bless the oil and gas industry. They are a good source of income for us. For sure. They've been a foundational. A lot of our arts are built. All sorts of great things come from them. So this is not a knock. Even they would say, we need to diversify. Even they would say, we need to have a foundation, not just in us, because as soon as we start going down, then everything stops happening. Yeah. And then it's harder for when we need to start up. We've got to find people. People have left. We've got to bring them in somewhere else. So our challenge is perception. We've got to start talking about all the good things that are happening. Yeah, right. Because there are a ton of them. You've got to start talking about arts, culture. That's our biggest opportunity. When you come to Calgary and you get connected into that art scene, that culture scene, that food scene, it's world-class. It truly is. So talk about it. You've inspired so many people, Jim. It's unbelievable how many people I know who, if they were to say, like, who inspires them, it's you. Who inspires you? My wife. She can do anything. My uh, mom, she was pure as gold. And uh, I say I'm getting emotional now. You went and asked an emotional question. And my kids, you know, so it's mostly family. I could go down business and stuff like that, but that's not what really, my family, brothers, my mom, dad, my wife, kids. I love it. It's going to sound like we're plug and connect first, but you know, we we aspire to build a brand that people will love in this province. Mm. What are brands that you love? Honest, genuine, real brands. The ones I get most excited about are very young in their life cycle. I don't want to say that everybody gets jaded as they go along, but just as in life, the more experience you get, the more you've seen tough times, negative people, negative space. So I love when companies are first starting, and I love that energy, and I love that they're all in, and they are so proud of this baby that. that they are watering and watching grow. That's what gets me most excited. I love it. And here's the part of the show where I ask you for advice about us. We aspire to reimagine what a credit union could look like or a financial institution could look like in the context of the 2020s. Where would you recommend we start? What should we do? I would look where everybody else is and then say, okay, where's there an empty space? That's standard marketing answer. But I think banking is cumbersome. I think the digital world, you know, having done 10 years with my pals at Evanson, I've seen companies that make things seamless and I've seen customer service be a priority. When those things line up, you found your own space, you truly stand for something, you execute on what you promise, you make it seamless, especially in this digital age, but you're still human, you got to line all those up. And that's what your role is as the leader in the organization. You've got to keep lining those people up and making sure that they all have that same belief. And then uh, I guess my second to last question (laughs) (laughs) is, uh, what's your prediction for Alberta in the next 10 years? Oh, it's going up. It's going to be great. All the people that I kind of grew up with that started companies 20 years ago, all those companies are really running right now. The companies and it started 10 years ago, they can see themselves blossoming. The people that are uh, 
coming to Calgary as immigrants and new Calgarians. And I, I'm sorry, I should be talking about Alberta, but I'm really conscious of Calgary, so I'll, I'll stay with the Calgary thing. They're shocked at how good of a city this is because they haven't heard the good stuff. So if I could get, in my perfect world, economic development, tourism, Calgary, build, CMLC, downtown association, all those jurisdictions, the equivalent in each city in Alberta to all get together and align and tell the good story and be honest and genuine about it, we'd be on fire. Like we'd be completely on fire because we've got everything. Like, sure, you've got a lot of activity happening in Toronto, but the attitude you got to deal with, you got to get through so much yeah. of that attitude. And same with Vancouver, so much of that attitude. You don't have that here. You have the attitude of Montreal, Calgary, Alberta, Edmonton. You don't have that attitude. You've got honest, genuine people here. We just got to figure out how to tell that story and how to get the people here to start talking about that internally because we have it and be proud of it. I love it. And my last question, Jim, is uh, can I buy you lunch anytime soon so yes. that maybe we can have another conversation? I would love to have that lunch. It's been a while. I would love that, Jim. You are an extraordinary guest. I'm so grateful right. you had You're way too kind. Join us. I really appreciate you guys calling me in. It's been interesting not working for the last four years. When you asked me to come in and do this, I, uh, I thought, well, what have I got to say? I haven't been working. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but then I started uh, kind of checking myself and saying, okay, you still kind of know what's going on. You do. And I was sharing with you before the show, um, I'll share for the audience, is just that uh, we've done over 30 of these shows and I've never been more intimidated to do one than with you because, <laughs> well, first of all, you've always had a lot to say, but because I've always looked up to you so much. And so I'm very grateful that you took the time here today. Oh, it's very kind Tim, of you. Thank you. Very, very kind. And you guys are doing great things. Keep doing it and uh, make us proud. Make Alberta proud. Thank you, Jim. You bet. Next steps. You know, it goes without saying, Jim is a great guest and he's just a great guy to have a conversation with. And certainly this felt like that kind of podcast where it was just a great conversation and a few things he said that really stuck with me and struck me. One of the things he said was, if we're going to be successful, if a company, if a business, an entrepreneur is going to be successful in the future, you have to be a community focused organization with a purpose that has a higher meaning than just being out there trying to make money. And and when he said that, it certainly resonated with me. We're a relatively new credit union in the sense that we're the largest credit union you've never heard of. We want to reinvent ourselves to be something completely different. And we know at our roots, being a community-based organization is going to be so important to our future. And we know we need to do more and we're going to do more. He talked about the importance of connection, you know, and there's no better role model than Jim Button around creating connections with people. And it's certainly something we want to do with our members is create that environment where they feel like they have a true connection with us, where it's not impersonal. It's not just something that you have to do. It's something that you can have if you need it so that we can help you in those moments that you may want that support or help. So you know someone really has your back when you're thinking about your financial future or what have you. And finally, and again, this is something that I think we all collectively know in this city, in this province, is that there's a story out there about what Calgary and Alberta is, and it's not true anymore. We have an opportunity to completely rewrite our history, to rewrite our story and change that narrative because this is a place where people are there for others, where people are genuine and sincere and honestly just want to make a difference in this world. And with that kind of power, I think, behind us, 
it's hard not to imagine how we're going to have a successful future here at home. So with that, if you liked what you heard today, share it with your network. Be sure to subscribe. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on What's Next Alberta. Thank you.